This episode brought to you by Candy King Construction Co. Candy King Construction Co. can meet all your most challenging architectural challenges. At Candy King Construction Co., we constantly strive to create the most creative and complex stuff. Our delectable delights are digestibly designed to do double duty when it comes to your hungry tummy feels. Watch our skilled smiths and specialists spin sweet confections into spectacular house things that look good. Candy Cane Construction Co., the go-to guys that get the ground floor to the gables gussied up in great green... Fuck. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie hoodie Picasso. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Price, Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in glue glue bam bam. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. And I'm Price Bryce Hansen. Price Bryce Hansen. I, I'm still kind of reeling from the Taro, Tara Westwood interview that we did last week uh, because at the end of the phone call, she asked us who we were rooting for for the uh, Super Bowl. And we'll be asking the questions, Tara. <laughs> and, I, and all I could respond with was, hey, we're just some geeky dork guys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who's playing. I still don't know who played because uh, I didn't watch it because I don't give one shit. I'm pure horror, baby. No, I I usually watch it just for the for yeah. the ads. Okay, everybody I, just watches it because of the ads. My wife won't shut up about it. I watch it. I watch it for the ads and the and for the food. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm there for dip, baby. Okay, so you guys can help support the show. You should check us out over at horrormovietalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media. You know all the stuff you got. IG, which is the groom. You got Facebook. You got Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, LinkedIn. You got, um, you know, all those other ones, too. And you need to follow us on all those platforms because you never know when one's going to be just completely canceled for mm-hmm. no apparent reason. Yeah, it just it could happen to anyone at any time. Cancel culture. Facebook is, is with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we suffered a minor loss, but a loss nonetheless. Uh, that we will, I'm sure, complain about endlessly for the rest of eternity. We post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure that you subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us out. And you guys, you know, I got to say, to they, they, to our female listeners specifically, you girls fucking rock. Like, no one takes calls to action seriously like the females, man, they come out in droves to review us. It seems like every other review is a female, despite what our what our um, demographic numbers say, which is not you know, not that. Yeah, I think yeah, our our demographics. When I look in Spotify, it's about thirty percent women to you know sixty percent men and two percent uh, non-binary. <laughs> the guys that the guys that come out we. Of course, obviously appreciate you. Yeah. We're guys. We, bro code. We They're, love you. They are they are the the bread and butter. Um I mean but we don't have any women on the show very often, so I gotta tell you I I, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily 
not that I would, wouldn't be against it. I listen to Office Ladies. I wouldn't li- <laughs> listen to a lot of you know on- female only podcasts usually because you're a sexist pig. Yeah, that. Um, but they make a about a third of the listenership, but they make up like ninety percent of any reviews that we get in. Not just reviews, but like with the Social people media, we talk yeah. to online. Like I appreciate. Listen, girls. I appreciate you girls to the moon. You're just, you're the best. I love you. Baby girl. All right. You're, you're just excited girl. about the latest I, Apple podcast review. She's, she's titled it, David Day Sounds Hot. <laughs> well, I me, can assure you he's not. I just had to take off my coat, so I am. Uh, today, we will be talking about the new movie, Gretel and Hansel. We'll start out by giving a brief review of our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry you had to watch it, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later in the show, we will be doing taglines. I'm particularly excited about this show, and I think you guys should be too, because it's going to be a great one, because there's just a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with this movie. This is a a left-field movie that came out of right field, so completely unexpected on every in every turn. That's a new phrase that I've never heard of. Uh, a left field movie coming out of right field. Yeah, so it's just... Which field is it, David? I have no idea. It's very... I didn't expect it. You can also tell that we know nothing about sports. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, we just we just try and get the touchdowns, and then, you know... Tara... Tar, sorry, Tara Westwood, after the interview, she's like, Hey, guys, wh- who you, uh, who you rooting for, for for the Super Bowl? And we're like... Uh, we were like the grudge girl. We're like... Uh, <laughs> so Nike. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's get into our review of Gretel and Hansel. We saw it in theaters um, on opening night, and I was pleasantly. I know this is coming out a little bit late. Uh, there's this is an unexpectedly full January uh, slash February. Uh, we're recording, uh, I think, on February first. Yep. Yeah. Did we get the? Uh... <coughs> The um, quick take out. Yeah, I forgot all about it. Oh, yeah. I, but there's plenty of time. So uh, you might have seen our quick take on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that we will do, be released. We do. Uh, we do weeks like, prior to this. Yeah, we do a quick, uh, quick video right after we watch the movie, so you don't have to wait until Wednesday to fear, hear the full review. You can get the quick take and see whether you want to. Watch the movie or not before you listen to the episode. So, sorry about getting That's this a, one out a week late, but we really wanted to get Color Out of Space out because we really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you guys, if if you want to make sure you never miss a quick take, make sure to head on over to our YouTube channel and uh, and subscribe over there. Ring that bell. <laughs> YouTube.com slash horror movie talk. So, uh so I was pleasantly surprised by Gretel and Hansel um, with something that might not be the most groundbreaking film we've ever watched, but it tries and succeeds, succeeds admirably at breathing new life into this classic grim fairy tale. So without further ado, let's get into the trailer. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Tell 
fairy tale again. It's too scary, you know, start seeing things that aren't there. You've been turned out of your home. Set out to fend for your souls with only your clothes and your height. I'm hungry. I'm hungrier than you are. Because you're a pig. Look. It smells of cake. Careful with that, dear. I'd hate for you to start something you can't stop. Please make your acquaintance. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Ouch! There's something wrong here. But it's so pleasant. Where are all the animals? And where does she draw milk? <laughs> I'm coming. This is your power. To see what is hidden and to take it. We were given the same gift, the same magic. What did you do with him? All that is left is to make him. I'm back. I, oh God. I just had to run and get coffee. Gretel and Hansel is a reimagining and retelling of, you guessed it, Hansel and Gretel. The classic tale that warns kids not to take candy from strangers. Well, the kids are back and they have a sweet tooth. This story retains all the crucial elements of the original story. There are two kids, played by Sophia Lillis, who you will remember from It, the, the main girl from It, who plays Gretel, obviously. And uh, Samuel... Sam- Beverly. She played Beverly in It. Yeah, but in this movie, she pl- she plays Gretel. <clears throat> oh, as Gretel. Yeah, yeah. So, and Samuel, Le- Samuel Leakey as Hansel, who are unceremoniously kicked out of their house in the times of yore by their mother who can't afford to feed them. They kick around the woods for a while, starving and scared, jostled by a world that is cruel and spoopy before stumbling upon a house... Out in the woods. This house is owned by Barbara Crampton's final form. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stepped on my delivery. <laughs> this house is owned by Barbara Crampton's final form, Holda the Witch, played by Alice Kriege. The witch lures the kids in with delectable food, but seems, well, kind of evil. And, well, she is evil. To me, it is surprising that Gretel and Hansel got as wide a release as it did because it has current, quote-unquote, current indie horror movie written all over it. Also, January, February, and March of 2020 is about as chock-full of horror as any year that I can recall. And not not like middling horror. I mean, it is kind of middling, but The Grudge was, like, I enjoyed The Grudge quite a bit. I enjoyed Hansel and, or Gretel and Hansel quite a bit. I even enjoyed uh, Underwater quite a bit. It's And Color Out of Space. Like, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, January is definitely... January and February seem like the dumping grounds for all horror movies that they're like, eh, right. it's yeah. not... 
general audiences aren't necessarily going to care about it. It's not like a huge tentpole horror movie. So they're like, "Mm, we don't got anything else. So let's just dump everything in January, February. Um, Not this year. So, I mean, just in general horror, it feels like January and February are pretty chock full of horror movies normally. Yeah, it kind of does. But this, I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little bit more so. Uh, Gretel and Hansel takes a slightly different approach to the classic and makes it a coming-of-age story for our female protagonist. Uh, This movie drips with aesthetic, and I swear to God the witch's house is made by the same architect as the house from Ex Machina. It's very sparse and has lots of Norse sensibilities uh, that are present in the scenes and in the house itself, which, if you're a fan of the show, you know we love there are Scandinavians and their sensibilities. I think we were both having a private conversation a week or two ago and both agreed that Norway would would be the perfect place for us. Like that's yeah. I think I think if I had to move elsewhere, I think I'd probably be Norway and a a close second would be Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Um the brooding doom-laden feel of this movie is a great way to take something as classic as Hansel and Gretel and make me care about it. Every corner of this film is foreboding and off-feeling. I mean, the original story is pretty bleak. It like, is. If you think about it, that's their their parents are like, we don't want these kids anymore because we don't have enough food. So please just wander out into the woods and get lost and die. That's a good point. The original, That's how it starts. <laughs> the original is bleak, but because the original is so bleak, every retelling of it is gussied up to be like, to, to essentially be like, uh, uh, what's that uh, that board game can shoot uh, that with candy canes and, and crap? Oh, Candyland? Yeah. It, every retelling of Hansel and Gretel looks like a Candyland board game to me. Uh-huh. It's just like, it's all, wee, you know? And fanciful, and oh, there's fairies and shit flying around, and then also the witch tries to eat you. Yeah, because I mean, if you're gonna make this story or tell it to kids, the uh, immediate inclination is to friendly it up a bit. Yeah. Like, oh well, their parents really still loved them. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it was just one of them that wanted them to leave, <laughs> and the other one was like. Oh, but no, no please don't please go. Don't. No. And yeah, then was they play good cop, bad cop like with the kid. Like an abusive Get husband. out of here. And like he loves you. He he just he has a funny way of showing. Yeah, it. He, he, it's not <laughs> once she can get away from this abusive relationship, you can come back to the house. You should have seen how his dad treated him. But it's it's literally just really bleak. It's like there's nothing to feel good about. And these kids are just completely innocent yeah. and preyed upon yeah and they come across you know the promise of something great yeah and it guess what nothing is great life is terrible nope. that's the lesson to learn from this fairy tale no nope. don't believe in anything good or anyone doing good for you it's all good here <laughs> <laughs> we're just peachy keen no go oh fine it that's no <laughs> nothing evil here we're Peachy cane. <laughs> An old one. Yeah, that that's reaching back to like episode five. Yeah. We're on like 85. Uh, the lighting in this movie is so dark that it reminded me of the Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln flick from 2012. Lots of candles being used for lighting made me feel like I was right there with the kids in this strange and terrifying house. 
Yeah, I think the best thing about this movie is the production design. Yeah. It is just really great. Dialed. And just somebody had an idea and they had every piece of that idea locked. And they were like, nope, we do not accept any forgeries. This is all legit. Like, this yeah. is all my vision. Yeah. Yeah. I love the acting and style that Gretel and Hansel goes with, and the atmosphere is dead on, like we just said. My only problem with this movie is that it really droops throughout. As far as slow burns go, this is as slow as they come. And while it works to an extent, I really wish they would have stopped chewing the fat, (laughs) so to speak, and uh, cut some of the more indulgent walks in the woods and dream sequences in favor of keeping my attention. At 87 minutes, it's a pretty short movie, but I feel it could have easily been 70 minutes and it would have felt very appropriate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's it's just the type of movie it is. Yeah. Like it's it's that type of movie where it's it's stayed, it's steady, it's it's still very much a fairy tale, which is a weird world and a weird kind of narrative to operate in. It's it doesn't feel realistic no. necessarily. It's not like, hey, this is what would really happen and this is how they'd really react. It yeah. still still feels very artificial throughout, but it's um, dealing on themes and, you know, metaphors that make it interesting. And really, the visuals are what sells this movie. It's You're absolutely right. And the visuals are great. And part of the part of the reason why the visuals are great is that they really linger on some shots for a while to let it soak in. Um, I said after the movie, it feels like um, feature length music video. Yeah, Feel, it has a real aesthetic like a uh, closer late nineties Nine Inch Nails video. Yeah, probably more towards like. Um, Perfect drug, uh, nine inch nails. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, or just um, no, that's very accurate. Like a like a metal music video to where there's lots of like creepy or like fast paced music behind a slow and and uh, dwelling shots. Yeah, that are perfectly framed, that perfectly lit. Feels really gritty and and dark and yeah. dirty. And uh, so, I mean, that's in that sense, if you want to watch something that looks beautiful and is really interesting, you'll get plenty from the visuals, the story and the character interaction. eh, I mean, that is really slow. Yeah. Like, that's what that's what suffers. Yeah. In this type of of movie. But it's kind of like it's the same thing as like a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. They can be really slow and really staid. And you're like, okay. Can we get to the point? But they're still great movies. Yeah. Like, they're not for everyone. But... Yeah, that's... I don't think I'm going to go watch The Lobster again, but it was really enjoyable while I was watching it. See, I had the opposite reaction with The Lobster. That's interesting. Like, I really enjoyed Killing of a Sacred Deer. And then I I tried to watch The Lobster. I was like, this is so boring. Like, I I get... Like, I get it, but it was... it, It just crossed the quirkiness line for me, and it was just too cute. Well, I thought the lobster... Too cute while simultaneously being too disturbing. Yeah, I think the lobster was... I, I like the satire in the lobster more. It was it's there was a lot more to work with very in satirical. terms of like yeah. 
dating life. Yeah. Of just like, you're going to die. And then like, yeah. Unless you find a mate, you're going to die. And everyone's like, but do I have to find a mate? Yeah. And they're like, but she's. I think death might be better. She's like 10 pounds overweight, though. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, is it worth it? (laughs) I think that's the best. I think that's the best um, parallel you could draw. And and one of the best compliments you could give to this movie is I think it it is very Yorgos Lanthimos feeling. Yeah, in a yeah, it's just uh, I mean, it, yeah. Can, so like cross we... between like Wes Anderson, Yorgos Lanthimos, yeah. and I don't know. Could like... I could I get that echo filter? Oh sure. So this movie is very aesthetic. aesthetic. So I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I know what aesthetic is. I don't know. It just feels like a vaporwave way of of okay. classifying something. You know, it's just very it. I like no one's ever seen this before. You've seen bits and pieces of it, kind of, but it is not a, a an easy way to classify it. It's kind of its own thing. Yeah. It's kind of art house. It's kind of serious. It's kind of knows what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so the score I give this movie is a 7 out of 10. Yeah, and this is one we agreed on across the board. We actually saw this movie with, with, uh, with a, my, a yeah, listener, my, Brad Yeah, my Biggins. buddy, uh, Brad, a.k.a. Biggin, who's the biggest man you'll ever meet. Yeah, this guy... I mean, we got to talk about Brad for, for a second, he'll, too. But he'll we, love it. But we were... Yeah, we were 7 across the board on this one. Um it's not a must see in the theaters. It feels like a really good, like, like really. If you're sick on a day and just oh, like yeah. sitting and, and watching streaming movies, you could just sit and feel miserable and watch this movie and just be like, uh-huh, this uh-huh, is give me more. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> if you if you're not in a big hurry or anything, and also it's a good movie to be able to pause and just walk away and like make some popcorn or something. Oh yeah, yeah. which is my that is my prerogative. Like getting up and walking away from movies constantly. Yeah, but also on the flip side, this is the type of movie that I think should be encouraged. Like I, I hope that people see it in theaters so that studios will make more of them. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's very unique, has a unique vision, and it's not like just your generic right horror movie, it jump tries. scare, spooky house. Yeah, it tries. It's it takes it can take something as humdrum as. You know, or played out as the Hansel and Gretel tale and make it interesting and make me want to see it. Yeah. Which is, that's something else, you know? I mean, we just reviewed uh, The Turning, which is tried to take the turn of the screw and and turn it. They they didn't, they fucked that up nine ways until Tuesday. If they'd have just stylized it interestingly and kept it simple, and it would have been something else. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm realistic. I'm not going to say, like, this is worth spending $10 or $12 to go to the theater. Like, but I hope people do. So yeah, that I, I more, more studios do. will will make it. Like, if you care about kind of indie feeling or unique movies in the theater and not just another franchise or another attempt at a franchise or another reboot... Go see movies like this, or else they won't get made. Look, I'm going to say, do go and see it in theaters. I I enjoyed it. I would, more than anything, this is a movie that you can kind of wink at somebody and be like, oh, you'll 
you'll appreciate this in some form or fashion. And they'll be like, I don't know. Hansel and Gretel sounds kind of played out to me. And then you'll show up and both of you will be pleasantly surprised. I say go see it in theaters. But. Yeah, I feel like it's destined to be an undiscovered gem. People are going to stumble across this on streaming. and They're like, this is actually kind of good. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, Gretel, you mean the one with Jeremy Renner? <coughs> you'll say no. No, the good one. The good one. <laughs> Um, yeah, please excuse my occasional coughing and sniffling. I am getting over the most horrific <clears throat> cold that you can possibly imagine. Um, we will talk about my buddy Biggin right after this. You guys, if you would like, if you like what we do, if you enjoy free podcasts once a week uh, with, uh, you know, two schlubby guys, then consider, you know, becoming a patron over on our Patreon, you can get there uh, by going to uh, patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, or you can just visit our website, horrormovietalk.com, and click the little green link at the top uh, right-hand side of the page. And from there, you have access to all of our different tiers of support. And we even have an exclusive podcast that is totally separate from this one that releases a new episode every single week that you can get access to. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. You could either say, hey, I'm getting... I'm a fan of the show. I'm getting entertainment every week for completely for free for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half. Maybe I can just chuck a little money into their tip jar just to yeah. say, like, thank you. Because, I mean, I get a lot of enjoyment out of podcasts. Yeah. And I pay nothing. <laughs> so, you know, throwing, throwing a couple bucks their way actually really, really helps out. I mean. Yeah, it does. For, for us. And then the other way to look at it is if you're a fan of the show, you unlock exclusive content you yeah get, it's not for more. nothing yeah you're not you're not paying for nothing you get stuff yeah um so check out our patreon it's patreon.com slash horror movie talk and you can see what the different levels are there's something for everyone and the more patrons we get the more support we get if you support us through amazon if you go to our website and click through any of our amazon links particularly the one at the top of the page is the easiest one to get to and you end up supporting us if you do that Eventually, we will have, you know, we will be able to do fun things. Yesterday, I just called a local print shop to see about posting or printing uh, Horror Movie Talk shirts. And um, and so, you know, eventually down the line, we could have some merch that you guys could purchase from us or uh, or, you know, that we could offer as for prizes or that kind of thing in contests or other fun stuff that we could do. So anything you can do to help out the show, we certainly do appreciate and will use to make the show better. Speaking of uh, printing and or artwork, you need to check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. That was might have... slick. That was slick, man. You're I know. Good. Transitions. So you might have noticed in the last two or three months worth of uh, episodes, if you check out our website, we've got some really kick-ass artwork I can't as even, the featured images. I can't ta- say enough good stuff about Dustin. He's this is this good dude is salt of the earth from Ohio or in Ohio, and he fucks hard. Yes, um, f- check him out on Instagram. His uh, thing, whatever you call it, <laughs> his is, Instagram tag I is guess. at d g o e b e l zero zero d gobel zero zero on Instagram, and see lots of his other work. He does uh, artwork for other pod. I mean, he does like homages or to yeah, other yeah. to other podcasts he does like your mom's house stuff um just really kind of funny parody artwork 
Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's really great. He's got a great sense of humor, and it's really beautiful to look at. He also takes commissions, so definitely follow him. And if you have, like, if you see his stuff and say, man, I wish he would do, like, a a version of the girl from Hereditary. Like, I want to see, uh, what's, uh, what's the, uh, what's the... What's the big busty girl who's like a vampire from the 80s? Oh, uh, I'm thinking Vampirella, but that's Yeah, not I it. thought Vampirella too, but it's not it. Oh, uh, it starts with an E. God damn it. Does it? Elvira. Elvira. If you want to see Elvira, um, you know, having sex with like a squid or an octopus or something like that. All right. Maybe not. Maybe I bet not hentai. Could, I bet he could go pretty crazy with that. If if you have, yeah, I mean, maybe this is a lane that we're going to decide for him. So, hey, you've so done nothing you, but kind things for us. Guess you, what? You're going to draw. If you want some hentai or some furry porn. Octopus like, is coming out of all kinds of orifices. I'm sure he could do it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he could. Challenge to <laughs> Dustin. We love you, buddy. Uh, also, if you guys, uh, if you'd like to access to... Uh, streaming horror for a 30-day free trial to Shudder. Use that HMT code at checkout, and you get 30 days free of the Shudder streaming service. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com. And, uh, and this is just really uh, a service we offer to our fans. We don't get anything really from it. Eventually, we might, but... but if, uh, you know, what we do get is the ability to give our fans a screaming deal on it really killer service um so you guys should check that out finally i have one quick question to our audience we are only here in basically portland oregon we can't be in memphis we also can't be in st louis or in new york or in miami we can't be all those places but i bet you bitches are i bet y'all are out there and uh and i was just wondering i don't know this may be too early i have no idea but would anybody be interested in doing street team kind of stuff for us? If so, maybe we could hook you up and uh, and work something out, which would just be promoting the show via, you know, uh, via like, I don't know, uh, street team level stuff. So think about putting up posters, putting up posters, putting up stickers, vandalizing that kind of stuff yeah, with vandalizing stickers, things, uh, you know, doing lots of cocaine, um, you know, that kind of well, thing. Well, that's optional. I, and that's I on your own dime as well. I don't, We're not going to subsidize anyone's coke, coke habit. Oh, I, well, I'm, <laughs> I thought that was the whole point of the show. Uh, nope. Oh, well, not, then I guess I'm... Not enough patrons to, to uh, supply coke. Okay. For my insatiable appetite for coke. Well, this is incredibly... Has not been offset by Anyway, so if that sounds like something you guys would be interested in, let us know. Uh, you know, just reach out to us on Facebook, our website, Twitter, whatever it is. Thanks again for listening. Let's talk about Brad real quick. What did right? So, so, so Biggin is like I said, he's my buddy. I've known him for a long, long time. We met uh, playing video games at LAN parties. So, just about the dorkiest thing you can possibly imagine. I'm not afraid to mention it. It's it's who I am. And this, yeah, this is I've the heard, largest man you've ever seen. I've heard you describe Brad several times, and we love Brad. Brad is one of our patrons, one of our earliest patrons, yeah. one of our earliest supporters of the show. He's probably listened from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So um, we love him, and we're glad he could come out with us and, and watch Gretel und Hansel. Und Hansel. And uh, <laughs> you've described him several times as just a massive man. And even though you have, I don't think anything 
prepared me for him. Very nice. <laughs> this guy is like the younger, slightly more svelte version of Hagrid from Harry <laughs> Potter, including the fucking coat that he wore. <laughs> so one of the one of the things about being the largest person you've ever seen is it obviously comes with like you don't get to be private or fit in anywhere. Like yeah. you just noticed everywhere you go. So there's two ways you can go with that. One is you can be tortured by that and hate it because you never get you because you're essentially so like mini celebrity everywhere you go because of how ridiculously large you are. Um, but, or you can just go with it and roll with it and have fun with it. And that's the route that Biggin has chose. He goes by Biggin. He, anyone who's like, Hey, you're pretty big. He's like, he's got a quip for whatever you're going to say. And he smiles at you and he'll hug you. And he's just a nice, kind, giant guy. Yeah. So I'm like six one and he is probably almost a full head taller than me. Yeah, like, he's he's well into the high or the mid to high sixes. Yeah. He's probably around 6'9 to 6'11, something yeah. like that. He's so he's he's a large gentleman. Girthy as well. Girthy as well. He's got a giant beard. Like, I mean, I'm not joking. He looked like Hagrid. And then his, can we talk about his coat? Yeah, let's, I mean, that was the most notable part about him. And that's saying something when you're like 6'11". So he was wearing this denim, huge denim duster. Duster. <laughs> like, it's almost like it's something that you would see on like a... A Midwestern mom in 1992 made this thing out of her, the pants yeah, like a, of her kids that were, that had holes in them. It's like a bag lady's coat. Because <laughs> it's this huge denim duster that... Like hit him at lower mid calf, which is impressive yeah, for how was... tall he was. Like it's this this coat was made for a giant. It has like the wooden toggles to put it together. The buttons are but like also these a zipper below it, and also a zipper. So it's almost like this is made for. Have you seen like a, a large troll person? <laughs> Have you seen those videos on TikTok of the weighted blanket challenge where people throw a weighted blanket up in the air and then it and then it levels them? <laughs> This coat could do that, he, definitely. He took it off and he handed it to, to me and I almost fell over in that same fashion where it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, it's like a 10-pound coat. Yeah. I was like, okay. And uh, and he just walks around in public with this thing. So not only is it a denim coat, it's also like the lining of it is like a full-on blanket. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Um, It's like if you sewed a quilt inside of a coat, a quilt like from the eighties that you used every day as a child and so, sewed it into the coat. So he got it from someone gave it to him um, that he knew they, they spotted it at a thrift store and they're like, I know who we were just wear this. Okay. I, so I had like this out of body experience when we went to see Gretel and Hansel, which was when we all walked out of the movie theater, it was you, me and and biggin and and i realized we were three 
single dudes, seemingly single dudes, uh-huh. definitely single looking, all, <laughs> all married. No but, one would be surprised. But we were the quintessential Thursday night opening, <laughs> like, uh, opening night for a horror movie dudes, like... Looked pretty good to me. And then he's got his big... Why'd you come in that big denim duster? And he's like, it's the perfect thing to watch movies in, in public. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I'm... Oh, my God. I'm back in middle school again in, you know, in the nerd group. Uh Nothing has changed. Yeah. It's just now I'm surrounded by two two of the biggest men I've ever seen, and I feel very safe instead of very not safe. Right. Yeah, it was a weird flip. I I had an out-of-body experience. Yeah, I mean, if we had a threesome, David would be, like, the inside of the sandwich. I'd be doomed. We're two giant slices of Split me open like a Thanksgiving turkey, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So, with that, let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. You know what time it is for this drop. Uh Uh-oh. Hey! Aesthetic spoilers. All right. So spoilers is a part of the show where, um, let me see, uh, how do I explain? So we spoil it. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to, and you're worried that, (laughs) that the classic grim fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel will be spoiled, um, you know, maybe don't worry so much. There is some differences in this movie between the original, um, telling and, you know, this retelling, but. You know, it's not terribly substantial, but I'm going to do something a little uh, out of recent character for myself. I am going to read just a little bit off of my notes uh, for spoilers. The movie starts describing the origin of the witch. This is kind of this is a little bit important to the spoilers section. So we start out by describing the origin of the witch. There's a gifted child who we assume to be the witch. And an illness befalls her. The father of the child is told to be brave against the darkness and takes the girl to be healed. The child is gifted with something called second sight, and she is healed, but the gift of healing comes with an unseen curse. This little girl, the witch, is evil. She kills her dad and a bunch of other people in the village before she is taken out to the woods and basically banished from her village. Um, and here we are kind of given the tagline of the movie, which is beware gifts because those that offer them might fuck you up hardcore. So, I mean, big spoiler. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm gonna, just going to save it till the end and, and, and let you know. Okay. I mean, I don't I mean, know. It is the spoiler section. <clears throat> it is, but it's, and that kind of blows your load pretty early, you know? I want to, I want to jack it for a little while, you know? Okay. All right. All right. So that's that's what we start out with, and it was it was uh, it cued it up to be like, oh, okay, this is a little different from from the original. Here we're going to get an origin story of the witch. That's kind of that's kind of cool and interesting, and it kind of piqued my interest. And uh, and then, of course, we get introduced to the kids, and uh, and it's made very clear that shit is not right in Hansel and Gretel's house. It's Times are tough. Yeah, the dad has already left. We've never even seen the dad. It sounds like he left like years ago. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, Gretel doesn't even remember them, really. Right. Uh, and it's just their crazy mom that threatens them with an axe. Yeah, she, she sends them off. She's like, hey, you got to get a job, Gretel. And she sends her off to what I what she thinks or what they think is like, um, you know, like a, uh, an estate to do, you know, to do chores and that kind of thing to be a uh, a servant essentially but it turns out that's just whorehouse tryouts yeah yeah so she she gets i don't even know if the mom tells them where to go or what to do she's just like you gotta go you gotta go well yeah after she gets back from the whorehouse tryouts she's like yeah it didn't pan out because the dude asked if i was a virgin mom was like yeah but you could have said you know you could have been nice about how you turned him down she's like mom this might it's my virginity. Mom did not give a shit because then she comes out the woodwork with a goddamn axe to the table. She's like, bitch, you and your brother get out of my house because I don't got the money to feed you. And she is unhinged. Like the mom is nuts. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's it's very disturbing because it's little, little kids, you know. The, the world of this movie feels like an 1800s post-apocalyptic scenario like it's bad times yeah in this movie everyone is poor or dying or plague infested or a zombie or yeah, something it feels it feels like a darker version of willow right. world <laughs> yeah you know i'm just like whoa this is uh there's gremlins crawling on, on the other side of bridges and shit yeah it's a it's a weird um disturbing world that they build and I love it. Like that's yeah, it's really dark. One of the best parts of the movie it's, is it's really grim. <laughs> See what I did there with the grim because it's grim. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Impressive. Very nice. My skin's a tingling just thinking about this spooky tale. <laughs> so. So the kids get the picture. Mom's gone nuts. They're out of the house. They go wandering. Basically, they, you know, they wander away from the village and they kind of come to the outskirts of town. And uh, and Gretel, you know, mentions to Hansel, she's like, I remember this guy used to live out, you know, way out here on this kind of estate. It's kind of like a castle. It's not really. And then they just kind of walk into this. I think, yeah, I think what they said was that there was this woman that lived in the house that accepted like spare eggs or something like that mm. or or would do do trade with their father and maybe she would remember them and be kind to them and let them stay for like a night yeah you know just a small sidebar here how do radio personalities how do they never sound like they have anything wrong with their voice or coughing or anything like that i don't know sometimes they do i guess i know i i feel like if someone's sick and they mention it i can hear it in their voice yeah yeah, I guess so. But you don't hear a lot of like, you know, the snorts and goopiness and belches that you let's not that you're, let's that you're, not accentuate them that you're just a uh, just overwhelmingly showered with on horror movie talk. Damn you! Yeah, well, I mean, this is a, yeah, this is a horror movie Ugh, experience. Yeah, yeah, this is, an, this is an experience. You know, you get the full. You really get dipped. <laughs> In Hellraiser in this. Um, this is like surround sound of our internal workings. Yeah. So the kids walk into the what they believe to be <clears throat> the house of a of an of an old woman. 
and they just walk in. Oh, it's and like then, empty. And then it's empty, but it's all lit. Yeah. And they <laughs> lay down. candles and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I guess no one's here. They lay down They just let all the candles being lit. Yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very, uh, uh, the, the, what was that? What was that other fairy tale with the wolf where he eats the grandma? R- little Red Riding Hood. Uh-huh. It's a very Little Red Riding Hood scenario. Grandma's not home. I guess we'll just lay down in her bed. Or uh, probably more apropos would be the... Th- Goldilocks. Oh, Goldilocks. That's that's what I was thinking of. My yeah. yeah. You know. You know that story where little Red Riding Hood goes and sleeps in the big bad wolf's bed? They all run together for me. I'm going to be very <laughs> honest with you. So they lay down in bed and then they start going to sleep and then there's a yell zombie that just basically like <laughs> Comes up off the floor screaming. It was so disconcerting. I was like, what? You know. Yeah. That, <laughs> this is probably one of the best sequences in the movie. They're just lying down. They're like, oh, well, nice comfy bed. And then in the background, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like a head that slowly <laughs> sits up. And they're like, uh, what? And then once they see it, he's like. Yeah, he um he belts out a <coughs> big old scream. That, like it was so unexpected and strange. And it set this it set the scene so perfectly that I love the yell zombie. Anyway, so they go running away from this house. The yell zombie's chasing them. And then boom, it gets hit in the head by a bolt or a, or an arrow or something like that. Yeah. And a kind man who uh is question question mark getting <laughs> the, getting rid of yell zombies? The one character in the entire movie that seems good. Yeah, is yeah a a a, a young black man who um, who is very good with a bow and arrow. Yeah, in terms of like the moral to the story of the movie, um, this guy would would be that guy that would be the narrator, right? Says, and that's why you don't. Walk into candy houses, right? Yeah, whatever. And so he kind of he kind of tells him what's up, gives him a little bit of food, says, "You got nothing I need. This is all just kindness on my part." Yeah, kindness. But, he says, "Kindness is its own reward, but cruelty is a self inflicted wound." Right. He sets them on their way. He he he's the woodsman. The woodsman's always a great like woodsman. character in all these fairy tales. And the woodsman just basically says, "Um, I'm here to help." What you should do is go join the woodsmen out in the woods, you know, chopping trees and stuff. Choppa choppa. And uh, do that. And then Gretel, you can pick berries or herbs and shit so they don't rape you. Uh, be of use. And um, that's where you can make a living and, you know, survive in, in this <clears throat> cruel, cruel world. And so he's like a genuinely helpful and and uh, selfless person yeah. in this sea of blackness that is this world yeah and so from there the kids kind of set out basically just into the woods they're just they're looking for uh the other woodsmen who oh came. fuck not the woods nothing good ever happens in the woods got that right norm uh yeah so they head out into the woods and they're basically looking for other woodsmen to kind of learn a trade uh so that uh hansel can can kind of learn a trade and uh and they are becoming so hungry during this time. They're walking through the woods. Creepy. Into the woods, it's time to go. I hate to leave. I have to, though. Creepy stuff is 
immediately like every so they do something and then there's like in the background there's like a lot of fog and maybe something moving back there maybe a a procession of weird evil looking things walking around and they never really catch them they never really see them they're just figures yeah there's just like black silhouettes in the distance among the trees yeah and this is throughout the whole movie so anytime you're in the woods also there's weird creepy things walking around in the background yeah there's like silhouettes of like three people yeah and it's never explained. It's just it, like, well, this is a creepy. It's pretty clear that presence. One of them is a witch, like classic witch hat, you know, pointy with a big brim. Um, sometimes, yeah, and then other times it's just like strangers walking around. It's a uh, but. So the kids get so hungry that eventually they stumble into a patch of mushrooms, and um, I have to know what kind of mushrooms they were trying to go for here. These, okay, these are called fly amanitas. Uh, I mushroom a little bit here and there, you might say. And so uh, you don't eat, you do not eat fly amanitas for this specific reason. Because you trip fucking balls and, oh yeah, and also you can overdose on these things. Uh, They're not a friendly psychoactive, they are a fucked up psychoactive. So are they, I thought those were just straight up poisonous. The ones that are red with the white dots on it. No. No, No. I mean... the way the way mushroom, mushrooms have been given a very bad rap because there are a few that can like literally outright kill you in a very upsetting way right away. But all the ones that all I should say most of the ones that can really hurt you look like a classic mushroom white with a little veil underneath you know, a, a quote unquote classic mushroom, like what you would find in the grocery store, like, like specifically the white... what you would find in the grocery store, which is those ones will kill you. No, those ones will not kill you. Oh, okay. Ones that look like those ones will kill you. Never pick a white mushroom unless you're very sure of what it is. How can you tell whether it's the nice kind or the deadly kind? Well, you, you have to have a, a mushroom book and uh you know and and probably a decent amount of experience on where to find what because you know mushrooms grow on only under you, you so everything else everything else that doesn't look like a grocery store mushroom go to town with with a few <laughs> exceptions but for the most part when when a mushroom is coined poisonous there are lots of mushrooms that are called quote unquote poison, poisonous but all that means is you'll have a tummy ache uh-huh. and probably throw them up. Okay. And sometimes you'll you'll trip balls. Okay. But it's very but there are some deadly kinds. Um they have badass names too, like uh destroying angel, uh angel of death. Um, you know, there are some uh yeah, all the ones that can kill you. I love mushroom names because they're yeah. also fucking awesome yeah i mean when david says that he's he does a little mushrooming he's not talking about he dabbles in psychedelic mushrooms it's literally he's a nerd and goes out in the forest to forage for mushrooms for eating i gotta go pick me some mushrooms um yeah so they eat these fly amanitas and they or something or an amanita of some variety and they trip yeah balls yeah these look like your generic cartoon mushrooms like you'd find in Super Mario World yes, or something. The, yeah, that's the Super Mario mushroom, exactly. Uh, little red mushrooms with little white dots on them. Kids start tripping fucking balls. And then, um, you know, 
at after that they they kind of stumble upon the witch's house which is um which is which is which is which is their first introduction to and this house is so cool like the, the i would i would love to own this house like inside and out that's the coolest like it's like i said it reminded me very much of the ex machina house yeah you keep saying that i don't i don't see it it's just very clean it's it's very um, intent, like all the angles are very intentional. It's not a typical house. It's sparse. It's minimalistic, but also it's kind of warm and inviting in a weird sort of like, I guess I don't remember what the outside, cause the inside is just super like uh, sterile in ex machina. Was, I, I picture like a bunch of hallways of glass rooms and stuff. Right. I think the outside was lit. <clears throat> the outside of the ex machina house was kind of like into the into the woods, like, or into the ground. Into the woods, it's time to go. You are so quick. These, There's so many, I have so many clips about the woods. These last few episodes, you have been so spot on with your drops. It's been, uh, it's been very impressive. It's been. Well, thank you. Impressive. Very nice. Uh, so, so yeah, at this point, they are starving and the boy just can't help himself. Uh, Hansel breaks into the house because inside they see like a huge beautiful feast like a banquet yeah i mean you get the feeling that everyone is starving on the entire planet right now for some reason yeah and they stumble across a a uh completely empty house with a dining room table full of like a royal banquet Set for like thirty people. Yeah, pig on a spit, suckling pig. Yeah, you got like all these tartlets and like oh, look good, just wonderful plums in like in like like brandy or something like that. It just looked very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so he breaks in, and uh, and you know as and again like every like the angles and the shots of this movie are so intentional and beautiful and specific. Yeah. A lot of like really flat framing, like just yes. right head on shot close ups framed in like door frames yes. and stuff like that. Very Wes Anderson <clears throat> style and uh, of sh- shooting the movie. I don't know what the s- real significance of the triangle is, but there's a lot of like yeah. callbacks to the shape of a triangle that the house that they're in a uh, huge part of it is this a frame part which is a giant triangle and then off to the side is kind of the the offshoot of the house which is probably the hallways and the dining room I or whatever i think there's some druidic thing with the triangle. it's it's a like it's it's like the sim it's like a similar uh thing to the to the to, to the what's the trifecta in christianity called the the triforce yeah, exactly. The Triforce in Christianity. You know, you got Triad. the Holy, you got what's, the Holy Ghost. Called? Oh, the Trinity. The it's called the Trinity. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But instead... I was a, Mormon. We didn't have the Trinity. Oh, you didn't have no. the Trinity? Well, we didn't... The the concept of the Trinity is... What the fuck is, are you doing over there? The concept of the Trinity is weird because they're saying... heathens. Oh, they're all the same. It's like an egg. Right. They're the same, Yeah, but they're different, different people. They're the same. Same, same, but different. Same, same. But different. Yeah. The Mormons had this revolutionary concept that, you know, when they talk about three different people, they're talking about three different people. I don't know. Listen, I cannot understand you. (laughs) You're a fool, Bryce. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So so she's like 
there's this beautiful shot of her like looking in through this peephole in the window. Like the windows are opaque, but there's just very, uh, like very ironically, there's there's just one spot in every window where you can look through this little peep, uh-huh. peephole that that is a triangle. So the end result is you get this eye of Isis or um, Illuminati kind of vibes. Sure. Um, and so, you know, she sees the witch coming after her brother and she's like, oh, shit. She goes to pick up a rock, throw it through the window. No dice. No dice. This huge rock doesn't make it through this little stained glass looking opaque window. And, so this uh, these like the color of the windows are. You know those like yellow, yeah, 70s, stain, but 60s. they're really like plastic. Yeah, it's like what you would put on in a seventies bathroom. Yeah, to like block out people from peeping on you. It was that type of window. Anyways, yeah, and then she like starts a futile effort to burn the house. Down. She starts trying to make a fire, and then the witch comes out with with Hansel and is like, "Hey, uh, d- don't." Hey, yeah, don't do that. Let's not. Um, let's just not light the house on fire. I'd hate for hate for you to uh, to burn my house down. And um, now, when the kids approach this house, I did notice that they're. This movie set off a few alarms in my head because it was so symbolic. It was clearly shot to be intentional. Every shot was intentional, and the door had stars of David. All over it, like it was the design of the door was just star. Yeah, you picked David. up on this. I, you have a theory that I don't agree with. I think it's just coincidence or whatever. Well, I see anti-Semitism a lot, and I think that I think that the lie that we are told is that that's not anti-Semitism. It, that's just that's just fine. But I think it's very pervasive, and I think it's, I think it's. Uh, I mean, Grimm, the Grimm brothers wrote some very anti-Semitic fairy tales. Really? Yeah. Um, the Jew at the Crossroads or something like that. It's literally, <laughs> it's literally a story about like this dude who helps this, do- this magical dwarf who grants him three wishes. The magical dwarf gives him like these magical items. The wishes he makes are like, give me these things that can make people do what I want. He comes up a- across a Jew in the crossroads and basically like, oh, you see this coin? Ha, I'm going to flip it into the brambles. You're, you're a Jew. Go get it, Jew. And then the Jew goes, gets it because, because he's compelled to by this guy's magic. Then he makes him dance in the brambles, tears up all his clothes. Like, like anti-Semitism runs deep in the world I mean, for a long time. You're making me, you know, now that I think of it, I think Germans might be a little anti-Semitic. I mean, well, I mean, they, yeah, you might have, I mean. I mean, maybe not now, but maybe historically. Not now. Yeah, yeah. It feels I mean, like this, these fairy tales from Germany might. Hey, by the way. There might be some history of anti-Semitism in Germany. Shout out to all our German listeners. I, I do apologize. I know this is a hot button issue. We're just, we're just, just giggling. Just yeah. laughing. That's all. I think everyone can have a laugh now yeah. at the Holocaust, you, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. My point is, there are stars of David all over this door, and it is owned by the most evil, children-eating person that you can imagine. Right. Uh, and then, there later in the movie, there is... Well, I'll, I'll get into that later, but there are a few other things that uh, that 
caught my eye and it was kind yeah, of Yeah, there's kind of a grab bag of symbolism in this movie. Yeah. Like there's some, you know, the upside down five pointed star in a circle kind of thing. Pentagram um, kind of thing, yeah. Not nothing really I mean, I guess witches are definitely related to Satan, but no <laughs> explicit um call out to the Dark Lord of the Underworld necessarily. <laughs> um yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that's accurate. Um, yeah, it just feels very, it feels like you're supposed to read into certain parts of this movie and just because it so is so intentionally, is so intentional with its camera work, which is beautiful. And I, I do love the camera work in this movie. So the witch takes these children <laughs> in, you know, I mean, now the story plays out approximately the way you know, it does in the, in the fairy tale, the witch takes these kids in, she kind of befriends them definitely through their stomach. She's constantly feeding them food. They're just indulging in this delicious looking food, but it's a very empty house. It's a seemingly very large house. It's very, very dark inside. And, uh, Gretel cannot sleep a wink. She is haunted by dreams uh, weird, creepy dream sequences the whole way through. Yeah, lots of really cool nightmare sequences. Yeah, and I should... That are, that are like, on the edge of, like, did she actually see that? Right. Because it feels very real, and it feels like that might have been just remembering sleepwalking or something. Yes, you know? it's a good that it's a good approach to being ambiguous right. about dreams or something that the turning could not achieve. Because... Fairy tales in general are dream logic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's intended to get a point across, not to be realistic necessarily. Right. right. So at this point, uh, oh, I should also mention the witch is like just does not escape the aesthetic vibe of this of this movie. She's she is very um put together in a certain way her fingers the tips of her fingers like from the second from the second knuckle are just dyed flat black yeah like she is experiencing an extreme frostbite yeah it's uh it's such a cool look like yeah i couldn't tell if she was wearing like protective finger gloves or that was the actual color of her fingers it but looks it slowly... like they spray painted her fingers black yeah because like there was some kind of shot where it shows showed her with really really long fingernails. Yeah. And um I was wondering if that was actually it showed a shot with really long f- fingernails and one of the things that I know historically like if you had I learned this from watching Pawn Stars was if <laughs> you had long fingernails sometimes like royalty would wear like finger protectors. To protect oh. their fingernails, like these little, like jewelry things that they'd slip on their their fingers. <laughs> so I was wondering if it was something like that, but it's very obvious that it's actually her fingers that are black. Yeah, because it's really cold, <laughs> getting frostbite. So the witch um, has kind of she has a bunch of weird, appropriately weird and disturbing things that she does. You know, she's got this essential. It's not exactly a broom; it's more of a goop stick. Yeah, it's like a stick that forks at the very top. Yeah, and so it like has... Like a big staff. Right. Yeah, it's basically a stave, but she loves to rub it with Vaseline. Yeah, she's got this jar of goop that, I mean, 
you know, I don't know, who knows? It might be made by, um, what's her name? Oh, yeah, Goop. Um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you seen her show on Netflix? No. It's fucking appalling. It's the worst edited show I've ever seen. Really? And not only that, lots of big, hairy, old vaginas. Like, wait, full on. Oh, it yeah. It shows hairy vaginas? Yeah, and stimulation until climax. Well, now I gotta watch it. Mm, it's so bad that it even makes stimulation until climax unwatchable. I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on how much you like hairy vaginas. My wife and I were all over it, and it just didn't. No. We, we wanted we wanted to see it so bad, and then it just turned into such a fucking boring, sanctimonious bullshit show. It is exactly as sanctimonious as I imagine Gwyneth Paltrow to really be. Yeah. Yeah. Goof. Goop. Um, People shit on her so much for that company, and I just look at it as like... Hey man, it's genius. You're, you're, it's she, fucking genius. I just look at it as like, she's a really smart entrepreneur. Oh like, my just God. Just take advantage of this uh, bullshit science. No, for like, 100%. And I don't, I don't think she necessarily believes in any of it, but she's like, I'm a pretty girl with blonde hair that's famous. I could sell bullshit. Uh, that's my whole job. My wife and I and uh, her cousin are going to go in on a, this smells like my vagina candle. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're only seventy five dollars. I thought they were sold out. They are sold out. They're going for two fifty on eBay right now, but they're going to replenish their stock. And when they do, I'm hopping on that bandwagon. I got to get a sniff of that thing. <laughs> Is it specifically Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina? I'll or? tell you the exact story behind it. She was quoted as saying, "So we were sampling some some smells from our smell spurts." Um, who brought us a, a bunch of uh, just a variety of different smells. And I got to this one and I sniffed it and I said, that smells exactly like my vagina and voila. That's how, that's how this, this candle came to be. It just happened to already smell like her vagina. How does she smell her vagina? The way you would, you know, you get a, you get a mask for, you know, like a, <laughs> like a, like a dental mask and you, you cup it over your, your vulva just all day. And no, and then you run a hose up to another <laughs> mask, and then you. Uh, it's just like the, it's just like the smug episode from South Park. Oh. Same, 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 oh. but different. Uh, so at this point, it begins to come clear that the. To, it's like when you when you like put your finger in your armpit and smell it, or like right, or like you know digging in your ear, and you're like, I wonder how my. My earwax smells and you smell it. And I just always wonder, like, I mean, how much of this is really my finger? Like, we need to be scientific about this. Well, you do. So what you, you describe just finger, makes a lot of sense. You sniff your finger first. Yeah. Okay. And then you go down. <laughs> you subtract the stench. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a post stench. Thank you for being subtracted. Because, I mean, even with the snare you're saying, like, how much of that smell is actually, like, medical mask smell? Oh, man. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, I guess... We just got to take Gwyneth Paltrow at her word that this actually smells like a vagina. I mean, I don't see any reason not to trust her. Your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. Uh, so at this point, it begins to come to become clear that the witch is helping or trying to to help Gretel come of age, kind of come into her own. She sees a gift within Gretel of magic, and she begins to um, kind of. 
nurture that gift. And she's like, you know, come on, accept the dark side. You know, this is just a thing that we do. <laughs> we just eat kids. Yeah. Like, so the themes of this movie are kind of interesting. It is a coming of age yeah. film for, for Gretel. Gretel. Yeah. And it's kind of saying something about <clears throat> independent women. I mean, maybe not. Yeah. It's kind of weird because it feels like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like the witch really represents a independent minded person that is outside of the constraints of society and the power that comes with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, it's probably not great that that's portrayed as completely evil and eating children and whatnot, but it is a common theme though. Yeah. There's a real power there. Suspiria 2018. Very similar themes. Um, I'm, I, I, I know there are others that I can draw this parallel with. And also it's like shrugging uh, off the responsibilities. Oh, of, the witch. Yeah. The witch is the same kind of, it is essentially the same kind of story. Yeah. And like, there's a big element of the witch con- convincing Gretel that she don't need Hansel. I yeah. mean, literally she wants spoilers Hansel to eat or sorry, Gretel, Gretel eat Hansel, eat Hansel yeah. so she can put off the, her one weakness, basically. Yeah. And it's almost making a commentary on motherhood to where, yeah. like, this is where you can really get independence or be completely unconstrained in your life and become empowered is to, like, he's not your problem. And so it's this weird interplay yeah. of, like... And there's, like, through lines with, like like nature, right? Yeah. If you want to become one with nature, if you want to have control over your environment, then you need to accept essentially like your moon cycle or something like that. Yeah, it's like really grim. So the 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 mother of Hansel and Gretel is putting off her motherly responsibilities completely just saying fuck you kids, get out of here. And that feels like real weakness. Yeah. And like something evil and bad. Yeah. And then the witch is like doing the same thing. Like Gretel is taking on the role of a mother for Hansel. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing. And the witch is like, you're not his mother. Right. Like you need to be. You need to do you, boo. Yeah. You need to do you. And you know how you do that is you eat him. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta eat the th- your poison to build up a um to to build up a resistance to it, and, so and that's that's her secret as well. Her secret is, you know, I eat my poison so that it can't harm me, and apparently her poison is kids. Yeah, so I I don't know so what what you can really I, say about the. I think it's an anti-child. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like this is not a joke uh-huh. at all. Like. Because the witch's poison is kids, and that's why she eats them, to have a healthy tolerance against the thing that is poisonous to her. Right. And I think it was specifically her her child. Yes. So, the, and, yeah. so I, I think, yeah, it's really weird, like, what they're, uh, it's hard to determine what they're trying to say about it in terms mm-hmm. of social commentary, what the moral to the story yeah, is. Yeah, it can be interpreted uh, a couple um, different ways. But yeah, it's, it's feels like there's underlying themes of 
you know, coming into age, coming of age and shirking off society and the power that comes with that without, you know, being weighed down by maternal instincts, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but also comes with an extreme amount of sacrifice. Yes. In the end. So maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Like, yes, you can become all powerful and uh, woman that don't need no man. Family, friends, you- religion. These are the demons you must slay in order to be successful in business. <laughs> and uh, but the the cost is your your fingers turn black. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, so throughout this process, Gretel is still having a bunch of horrific dreams. One of which she finds a um, the body bag sport court that's down below the house. <laughs> this is see, it looks kind of like a uh, a racquetball court. But it's filled with it's got uh, a table full of dead bodies. Yeah, little children. Yeah, little kids who've been killed. And it's it's a very strange dream sequence where like blood comes down this drain and starts hitting the floor of this sport court, and uh, and then the witch like appar- like apparates through the the blood. It's very strange and cool looking. Yeah, and the witch is like a really young like emo tatted up. Yeah, woman. Yeah, this bitch is hot, super hot, goth, big titty goth chick. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to say which is the actual version of the witch, whether the the young one is there or the old one is just a form. Yeah, to lure in children and think that they're safe, or it's vice versa. I don't know, but yeah, I mean the the sequence in that you know underground sport court is she's kind of just shoveling out a bunch of slop of children. Yeah, internal just, organs and parts just mix and match kind of and she reaches in the um i mean i guess it's not a freezer because just a container yeah just kind of a out, bucket pulls out a big old uh arm the, that's been severed from a child yeah. slaps it down and then she conjures all of that goopy slop into a wonderful banquet and you realize like oh we've been eating children this whole time yeah. or if it's like soil and green is people so, yeah, so so that's kind of um, we f- down there in that sport court. I should mention there's another piece of um, little set piece that kind of set me. I was already kind of hyper aware for the um, the anti-Semitic sim- symbology, but there was essentially a menorah, um, a, a fucked up menorah with only eight candles and. The the way a menorah is is designed is specific and it it it, it is. With purpose, right? There's there's a bunch of level candles on either side, and then the ninth one is higher than the others, and it has a smaller candle to symbolize, you know, this is for the the last day, and then there's l- less light because we have we don't have enough oil for the last, the last yeah, night I don't, to light the candles. You you pick pick this out, and I don't remember it as being like a candelabra. I thought it was separate candles, but I, no, I might is, not have been. It is definitely to. like um, it's very menorah esque. Um, just, uh, just kind of modernized and without the ninth candle and the, the, the levels of all the candles are, are the same on one side and then varied on the other side. So it's kind of bastardized in some way that I, I can't pick out the meaning to, but, um, I don't, and I don't know. It might I, not be I think it's one of those things where it's just a cool looking candle. See, and this is, again, like people love to, to be like, oh no, anti-Semitism isn't a thing. It's a fucking thing for thousands of years. You, you, we can't, in, we can't ignore it, but I, I don't know. I, I may be reading into it. I may not. You guys let us know what you think. Um, 
So at this point, Gretel starts to feel like pressure. She's like, mm, the witch kind of really wants me to eat kids. And part of that is my own brother. And I kind of like there's a part of me that's like kind of OK with that, but I'm scared. So so one night she takes her brother outside and uh, and she's she takes him outside and she kind of kind of like run boy, run, run for you. Boy, <laughs> she takes him outside and she's like, get out of here. Go on, get. And, uh, and you know, and he's like, what? No, Gretel, I, I love you. And she's like, run, boy. And yeah, so. Because if you don't go, I'm going to chompa chompa. Yeah, I'm going to eat you. Eat you all up. And uh, and so he <laughs> at this point, now she finds the basement in in proper she and not in a dream she actually finds the basement it's hidden the door to it is hidden in kind of the pantry behind a a false wall and the super hot big titty goth chick who's all tatted up turns shows up basically instructs gretel okay this is hansel's been hypnotized and he's like just looking at the wall she's like hey it's time to eat your brother and then but the whole time she's strapped down to the table yeah she's so gretel's forced to be there this uh goth chick is basically who is the witch (coughs) excuse me is basically like it's time to eat your brother now and then she goes into a trance she's very trance like in this sport cork and uh and she puts, she instructs Hansel, hey, it's time to climb up this ladder above all these flames. We're going to toast you up. He's like, cool. He starts climbing the ladder. Uh, and Gretel uses her newfound powers to take the take the goop stick and pin the, uh, the, witch. the witch to the wall above the fire, effectively roasting her the way that the story pans out in the real mm-hmm. fairy tale. So, um, so they burn the witch. Burn the witch. And um, and at this point, um, this is the end of the movie where the witch divulges. Oh, oh, actually, before this, I'm sorry, just just before this, at toward the end of the movie, the witch divulges that the little girl at the start of the movie was not her, but instead it was her daughter and she couldn't abide the incredible evil of her daughter. So she ate her. She consumed the power that uh, was contained within her daughter and began down a road that would lead her to a lifelong, her, her new lifelong passion, children eating. Uh, she mentions throughout the movie. That, chompa chompa. Yeah. She mentions throughout the movie that you must eat your poison to grow a tolerance to it. And I guess her poison was kids or her kids, something like that. And, uh, and the way you could tell that she was poisoned was her black fingers. And then it does a thing. Where, you know, if, if you don't eat your, po- the, the, if you don't eat your poison, then the blackness will continue to creep up your arms and. Is it like black oil? Yeah, kind of. Oil me up, daddy. <laughs> and, uh, and so then the movie ends with kind of a juxtaposition where it kind of sets Gretel and Hansel against each other. It's like, now Hansel is the woodsman. He goes outside. He's got his axe. He gets it. He understands how to be a woodsman, how to be the good guy. And Gretel is kind of left at the witch's house. No more witch. We burned her. And I understand how to be a kind, compassionate witch. But then her fingers turn black and it starts creeping up her hands. And so maybe, you know, maybe she's behold. Maybe she must become evil. 
Yeah. Just to that just to continue living her best life. Yeah, that there's a trade-off basically. Yeah, so um that is uh kind of the rundown of Hansel and Gretel, the spoilers. Gretel and Hansel. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. So my final recommendations is uh for this movie is, you know, if uh if you're looking for a really cool uh aesthetic kind of movie Sorry. Aesthetic, aesthetic kind of movie, then you know, you can I'd say this is a this is a no brainer, and frankly, it's it's a fun movie. It, it is it is a bit slow though. Yeah, it's it's a very much a tonal movie, and it's it's a uh, you just have to be patient with it. It's not like there's any, um, it's not fantastic, but it's I I still think it's worth seeing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, go go see it in the theaters if you want to support unique films i'm kind of interested what'll come out of this director in the future i haven't really looked into his imdb to what he's done before the music we didn't even talk about the music music was great too done by rob yeah done by rob yeah so so with that um that was our our review of gretel and hansel here is taglines Taglines is a bit where we come up with funny, stupid, cringeworthy taglines that could go with the movie that we just watched. So for Gretel and Hansel, um, here are our taglines. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you go to, first. Oh, me go first? Okay, This. Uh, let's see if this opens correctly. So, what'll it be, Homer? Mo, give me a beer! No, not unless you kill your family. Why did I kill my family? Uh, they'd be much happier as ghosts. You don't look so happy. Oh, I'm happy. I'm very happy. La, 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 see? Now, waste your family, I'll give you a beer. <laughs> I, I cannot stop. I think that's the best... Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, the yeah, Shining one. That is great. But kill your family. Give I'll, me the bat march. Give me the bat, bat, bat. And that was essentially what the witch was doing. She kept giving her like alcohol to drink. She's like, kill your family. I'll give you a beer. <laughs> All right. Gretel and Hansel. Witch's pens always be bursting. Because <laughs> their fingers are <laughs> Their fingers black. always black. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. Modern day kids would die of gluten intolerance or nut allergies before the witch ever got a chance to gnaw on them gams. <laughs> Gretel and Hansel. God damn, look at those hot children. Sticky buns. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> those hot children, sticky buns. Gretel and Hansel. And that was the last time the Germans used ovens on people. Too soon? Unfortunately, it wasn't. Yeah, too soon. All right. Gretel and Hansel, directed by Trent Reznor. <laughs> That's t- remarkably true. Yeah. Uh, Gretel and Hansel, candy houses are always covered in wasps and ants. You can't go near those things. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, normal houses in the summer are covered in wasps anyway. True. But can you imagine what the, how stingy this house would be? Ugh. 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 
Yeah, I guess we never clarified that it's not actually a candy house in this one. No, it's not, but I'd like to think it is. I wish it was. Yeah. Because that, that'd be a great, like, gritty and gross candy house. Like, it's gotten rained on. It's, like, dripping. The Hol- snozberries taste like snozberries. Homer? Homer? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I drifted off there. I believe we were talking about uh, candy. That was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Do you have another one? Yeah. That's all we got. That's all we got. And so that is taglines. Hey, thank you, thank you for giving me, you know, 14 hours advance notice that we we're going to do taglines because that allowed me to, you know, write them down 10 minutes before we started. You're welcome. You know, it takes different <laughs> strokes for different folks. That's what we're all about here. It's different folks. So, you guys, thank you very much for listening to the show. Wait, aren't we going to do social media? Oh, yeah. Um, I, there's a little... I haven't... I, ha- I don't have a bit prepared for social media. I just... Uh, yeah, what's the... Um, what's Let's th- do it. Came from social media. Oh, okay. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <laughs> What was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? So it came from social media is, you guessed it, a bit about us talking about what happened on social media this week. Because we recorded this episode a couple weeks in advance, we're probably a little bit untimely with our thanks and our the things that we bring up on social media. But some notable stuff did happen this week, nevertheless, and I would like to say thank you to... What's the user on iTunes that gave me that... Well, before we get into that, let's, no, uh, let's no, talk no. about, let's complain about Facebook for a minute, because this is going to be our oh, one opportunity yes. to throw some shade on Facebook. For let's not throw any more shade. I don't... Uh, for some reason, Facebook just entirely removed our page Yeah, 100%. from Facebook. Just It was gone. Yeah. And they said nothing very helpful about why. They just sent an automated message saying, your access has been removed and or your page has been deleted completely. Because reasons it was it didn't conform to our guidelines on fraudulent or or uh, misleading information. Yeah. And we only post our own content on it. And there's no other like active social media presence for well it gave it was kind of a blanket statement that was like because excuses you know it's like so i mean i you don't we don't know if we were like manually flagged by someone if there's someone with a vendetta against us that i doubt it i think it's we don't know if it's an automated thing from facebook because it was resolved so quickly my guess is that it was automated and um we i'm just happy it's i'm just happy we were panicking we appealed it and the page got reinstated. We have access to it. But the one um, collateral damage was we lost our our vanity URL, which was Horror Movie Talk Podcast. And so now yeah. we had to select a new username and vanity URL, which is, which is Horror weird. Movie Talk Pod. Uh, which we'll see if we get to keep that. I mean, good Lord. I don't think like the even slash Horror Movie Talk is available anymore. So I don't know if there's someone like making claims to it or if there's something weird around that but but if you want to help us out please go and like our facebook page and you know don't be surprised if we make another backup one uh just in case something like this happens again so yeah so we 
we got it back. It was within 24 hours, so it wasn't a huge thing, but we were panicking for a little while and a little salty It's about a weird it. personal feeling when, you know, it feels like you're being attacked when in reality I have a feeling it's just a machine making decisions that are dumb. Yeah, and then it makes you realize, like, Facebook has, like, 4,000 employees <laughs> to, to manage, to manage like, half the earth. 4 billion yeah. people that use it. So it's pretty helpless when you're just a little podcast. It's not like you can make a difference but yeah i'm pretty glad that they resolved it and so that's our bit about complaining about facebook so we've gotten some new reviews new reviews on apple Podcasts, which is probably the most important place for us to get reviews thank you so much for leaving rate you don't have to write out a review you can just leave a rating it really helps us out but you can also write very nice things like particularly about me (laughs) baby girl so this one this last wednesday Mm -hmm. what's it say is titled david day sounds hot oh hey lady i can assure you he's not i (sighs) we can have carry on and how dare oh and she'll say the same thing no she won't she'll be like oh She'd be like, hmm. She'll, we'll barely be able to get her to put a coherent sentence together if I'm in the room. All we'll right. have to just keep, keep you and her in here so, just so she can stay calm enough to explain how fucking sexy I am. Yeah, sure. I mean, if if uh, smarmy, schlubby guys are your thing. Oh, God. You did this to yourself. <laughs> now, stare upon, his nipples. stare upon my nipples. It's like. Oh, God. Would you like me to move around, too? Anyways, the (laughs) review said, David and Bryce, this is from, uh, God damn. Oh, yeah. He's, like, trying to lick his nipples. So, this comes from Rinfa514. R-I-N-F-A-514. David and Bryce are both really fun hosts, great sense of humor, and great honest review, even if I disagree with some of them. Probably my favorite horror movie podcast. Probably. So, well, I mean, we'll work on getting to the definitely favorite horror movie podcast eventually. Yeah. Um, Another one, same day, left by thatxgirl.liz. All right. Uh, Title, extremely funny. I absolutely love the guys that make this podcast. It has brought such a joy to my Wednesdays. I have my office ladies and I have my horror movie talk and it makes my Wednesday workday so much better. They give pretty honest reviews without letting anything make them biased. I'm a huge horror buff myself, so it's great listening to people who like the same things I do. For the most part, my rating is usually right around theirs. Other times, it's totally off. Definitely give these guys a listen. 10 out of 10 would listen forever. That just warms the cockles of my heart. I guess you could say I just want to have a meaningful relationship with someone special. <laughs> you know, I'm open. You know, I may be married, but... I mean, put up a put up next to Office Ladies. Have you listened to Office Ladies? No. It's great. It's it, got Jenna Fisher and Angela, whatever oh, her name is. Carrie's been listening to that. She says it's fabulous. It's great. They just go through past every, episodes every episode of The of Office and just yeah. talk about behind the scenes stuff and, and how enjoyable it was. And it's as adorable and uh, interesting as you would think it would be. Yeah. I I mean, did you have a huge crush on Jenna Fisher? Oh, my God. Did I have? Yeah. I, Jenna Fisher's on my... You know, on my exceptions list. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Man. Did you see um, Blades of Glory? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 
I would leave my li- my wife and family for Jenna Fisher, probably. There it is. There I it mean, is, folks. That's just what it is. Hey, Jenna, if you want to come on our podcast <laughs> to uh, you know to try and pump up those numbers over at whatever that office little, ladies, yeah. uh, whatever that little thing you got going yeah. on over cross promotional uh, opportunity. I don't know if you heard our review with Tara, Tara, Tara Westwood. I was very respectful and I didn't hit on her at all. Yeah. So. You know, you guys have guests from, you know, the rest of the cast. We watch The Office. So it's a I'm match made in heaven, yeah. baby. Okay, this is from Instagram. Poetry and cigarettes. We've talked to her in the past. I think she's actually in the Pacific Northwest area. Like Seattle or something. Man, you are burpy today. Anyways, she says, how's it going, guys? Well, I've now officially finished your entire catalog over Spotify it's brought in hours of entertainment while working. The podcast has come a long way, and you guys have gotten better and better. Excited to see what 2020 brings. Haven't seen new episodes since the 15th over Spotify, frowny face. Hope all is well with you two, and I hope to hear it all soon. So, yeah, we had a little technical difficulty with Spotify. Yeah, Spotify's been glitchy for us. Um, well, this this case was kind of... our bad. Like it wasn't. Sometimes Spotify just takes a long time to... Really, to refresh, to refresh. So it'll take like a whole day as yeah. a, as opposed to like a couple hours, mm-hmm. like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. So it was weird because Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts had all of our episodes up, mm. but Spotify didn't. Yeah. And when I looked at the RSS feed, it looked really weird. It wasn't like the RSS code; it was kind of semi-rendered hmm. into HTML. Oh, weird! <clears throat> so I went down, scrolled down, and then there was a big chunk that was. Uh, like a uh, hyperlink text, like a full paragraph between the crawl post and um, what was the one before that? The grudge. Uh huh. No, the the turning was before the turning, oh. and uh, so I looked on the page, and and what had happened was that there was oh. some there was some link on the post. So how the RSS feed? This is. Oh, there not, was some link not on the interesting. post. That, yeah, there was yeah, some yeah. link on the post that was that the did a thing to the RSS. The feed. end tag didn't get closed, ah. and so it did something. So I think it just had a glitch with the RSS feed. But what was really weird is that the crawl episode had been on Spotify, and then it wasn't. Interesting. Like someone, the person that told us on Facebook that they hadn't seen. The podcast was, updated. I think it was Stephen. Stephen said that, and he he had went back in one of the. Um, screenshots that he had would it had crawl on there, so I don't know. It's it's weird. It's something that we got to keep an eye on in case like yeah. If there's any weirdness, if there's ever, ever any weirdness for Spotify, please reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter and let us know. Um, and do realize that you know you can you, every episode is released on YouTube, and that's a pretty universal um, media that you can listen to, and it's released same day, so. So you can get it from multiple places, even if you don't have, you know, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or something like that. So we told Poetry and Cigarettes about that situation and then the episodes were up now. She says, of course, I actually followed your link and listened to them over your website. I know you like to take suggestions for things. I thought it would be funny as an intro to say David Day, a horror who's always a horror using your sound clips, LOL. <laughs> oh, and she says, uh, my name's Alex, by the way. So thanks, oh, Alex. Hey, Alex. Poetry doing, and baby? cigarettes. And then, sorry, there's. I think there's a, a message on Facebook as well that I can... Because we got a, another review on Facebook. That's yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Okay, 
uh, Kitty from uh, on Facebook recommended Horror Movie Talk podcast, our page, and she said, speaking as a lifelong horror movie fan, this is honestly one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. <laughs> Don't sneeze in the mic. Um, oh my God. <laughs> the guys are, I'm in fear for my life right now. Could you, you were incapable of covering your mouth. No, you had to do it at me. <laughs> I didn't do it at you. I went, that was astonishing. You, I went perpendicular. You're a f- not even close. Fucking animal. You're already sick. I'm going to get sick from you. You're so gross. Uh, your immune system's already getting worked up. So, okay, anyways, the best podcast I've ever heard. The guys are hilarious and often have me snorting with laughter. High compliment. High praise. I know. There's that, a theme in this movie. That's my favorite type of laugh is the snort laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the slightly breathing heavier through through your nostrils. That's like, yeah, that's that's the sweet spot. That one, that one Peppa Pig TikTok from the two band kids <laughs> who are evidently high on mushrooms, it looks like. <laughs> um, and then she says... And their honest reviews are really off the cuff and genuine. Loving your work. So thank you so much, Kitty. Um, I think we already read John's. Let me see. I think that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magnus. He talked about... Um, we talked about on a previous episode on the... What was it? The turning episode? Must have been the turning or the grudge. We read Magnus's review on apple podcast which included a swedish translation oh, for the whole thing okay and i made an attempt at the swedish that's right you know that's right and and so did david so i just want to just like i mean people are saying you're hot but this is this is from magnus he said thanks guys for another good episode and for all the shout outs i can't get enough just like heroin wish i didn't spell that wrong <laughs> giving Gonna have to do a redo with it. Yeah, he's misspelled heroin. I'm Bryce. How do I read? Um, with that said, you have not been bamboozled. Twas I that wrote that review, and Bryce did a much better job at reading it for sure. Bongiorno. <laughs> Between the two of us. Some words even sounded real. David sounded like what me and my friends sound like when I try to act American, in quotes. <laughs> When we were kids, not good at all. Butchered. <laughs> hey, you know, I hope, mean, hope to get an update on that herring situation, this David. Is, this is the luxury of being an American. You can be as wrong as you want, and you're still fucking right. Bongiorno. Bongiorno. <laughs> Como estas. And yeah. he says, also, do Bye Bye Man. He's He's been asking us to review Bye Bye Man since the very beginning. I don't want to watch that movie <laughs> so badly. I mean, I just watched, watched Hell Girl for the interview with Tara Westwood, and it can't be that bad. Uh, I mean, uh, we love you, Tara. You did you did great in it. Baby, you, you so, did fantastic. You're so sexy. I love you, girl. But that movie is... I think we all know it's dumpster fire. Hey, whoa! I mean... <sighs> Hey, okay. It's so, not a fair... Magnus, I mean, yeah. 
as always, we appreciate you. If you want us to do Bye Bye Man, pony up, get to that next level <laughs> of, uh, of of Patreon membership. And, and then vo- run a political com- campaign right. for all the other patrons to vote, vote for Bye Bye Man. Vote on it like everyone else. That's how, that's how this works if you want to request a movie. So with that, you guys, thank you very much for listening to the show. Make sure to share it with a friend. If you want to support the show, you can do so by becoming a Patreon. Lots of exclusives on there. We're about to record a whole nother podcast. That's what? Ex- yeah, that's exclusive only to Patreon. So, uh, And, of course, you can support us by using our Amazon link to shop for all your gigantic butt plugs on Amazon or anything else you need at Whole Foods or, you know, whatever, whatever you buy on Amazon. We get a little taste whenever you click on that link. And, um, and special thanks to all the, all the women who have reached out to us. All the ladies. All the fucking there. sexy bitches who are out there being nice to it, going out of their way, taking time out of their day to be nice to us. We appreciate you dudes too, but this is one for the ladies. Yeah. This is one for the lady. And, uh, and so, yeah, thank you very much, everybody. And I hope you have a wonderful week. You guys have a great one. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, fuck, not the woods. Nothing good ever happens in the woods.